Well, today I'm continuing our sermon series called Priority. Uh, We had uh, hit pause last weekend for Vision Sunday, and we jumped right into um, uh, it this week. It's the third week uh, of the message series called Priority. And uh, I had a little trouble with this um, message title, if I can be honest with you. Uh, This word is got uh, some statements attached to it, some uh, PC stuff that makes people a little uncomfortable, me included, right? It's this word called money. Uh, the last couple of weeks in this sermon series, we talked about stewarding your time. Uh, we talked about stewarding your talents. But today we're talking about stewarding your treasure. And I almost did the politically correct thing and said, I'm going to go ahead and name it Generosity Matters or Giving Matters to take the bite out of it. But the truth is, the Bible talks about money a lot. And because I believe money has always been a tool, which we as mankind, as humans, have always grabbed onto too hard. I want you to imagine a hammer in your hand and holding it the entire time, maybe when you're trying to cook and you're trying to clean, you're trying to sing or respond to your kids, and you have this hammer, this tool. And sometimes we hold money like a tool too hard. We have to recognize it's just a tool, and we don't need it for everything, but it's pretty important, especially in our culture, um, especially today in America. And so I entitled today's message, Money Matters. I want us to go to 1 Timothy 6, 9 to 10, And it simply says this, people who want to get rich fall into temptation and a trap and into many foolish and harmful desires that plunge men into ruin and destruction. For the love of money is a root of all kinds of evil, Paul tells Timothy. Some people eager for money have wandered from the faith. Can you believe that? That people that are Christians Followers of Jesus, because of their love for money, have wandered from their relationship with God. Maybe not enough, maybe too much, but people have wandered from the faith and pierced themselves with many griefs. Isn't that funny that money can give us grief if we don't walk with the Lord and use money God's way? The key thought for today is the value of life isn't in how much you accumulate, but it is in how much you give away. And I'm not just talking about money, as in paper money. I'm talking about giving away your life, giving away your love, giving away your time, giving away your talents, giving away your treasure. Money is just part of it. But so many times as followers of Jesus, you would think that we would be the most generous, but it's not true. We're actually got biblical verses to say why we shouldn't be generous. Maybe you're more New Testament here today and you'll say, well, I don't believe in tithing. Well, do you believe in generosity? Probably not. It's funny because the people that don't believe in tithing don't give. Uh, In this culture today, awareness is equal to giving, and it's not true. Giving and awareness are two separate things. I'm very thankful for awareness, and I've said this many times before, like social media, all the young people, you know, we want to dig water wells in Africa and India and China and everywhere else, but we will post but never give. 
we'll post about it, but we'll never actually open up our wallet, take the debit card out if you're cool and fancy, your Apple Pay, and actually give. We want there to be awareness about fires and floods and work in Liberia and all the great things that's happening, but very few of us will open up our wallet. It's getting quiet already. I, I knew I should have started earlier. But maybe it's a good thing it's going to be a short message today, right? <laughs> the truth is this. Uh, we got to find a balance, okay? It's not all about money, and it's, all, it's not all about awareness. It's not all about uh, suffering for Jesus either. God wants us to be blessed. He wants us to have nice things. That doesn't mean that I preach a prosperity gospel. It just means that he wants me to be blessed, but he also wants me to walk through life according to his principles, and that includes some suffering. And we can't pick and choose. We can't be on the suffering crew when it comes to following Jesus. Oh, he just wants me to suffer all the time. In fact, that's a sense of theology that's actually a little heretical called asceticism. Asceticism believes that you have to suffer to earn your right to be more like Jesus. We don't believe that. You don't have to suffer. Jesus paid it all. The foot of the cross is level. We're all right there. So we're not into asceticism, we're not into prosperity, we are into Jesus. That's what I keep preaching here every week. If you're tired of me talking about Jesus, I'm telling you, you're going to be tired of me talking about Jesus. Luke 12, 34 puts it this way, for where your treasure is, notice it says is, so it's a present tense. It says, for where your treasure is, there your heart will also be. You don't have to tell your heart to be somewhere. It is where your treasure is. So if I look at your bank statement right now, where's your treasure? It'll be easy. In fact, if you have a spouse, just show each other your credit card statements and you'll know where your treasure is at. It's that simple, unfortunately. Now, I know when it comes to money, there are certain strategic practices that we need to have in our lives, okay? Uh, it's not all about just believing God and doing it God's way. I know there's some strategic practices and there's some numbers and some of us, we need to do this. The first is this, we need to start earning, okay? Uh, the truth is this, if you wanna do great things for God, God's not gonna just come and dump money onto your lap when you're sitting there this afternoon taking a nap after church. It's not gonna happen. In order to give away or to be generous, in order for your money to matter, you kind of have to have money. So if you want to do more with your money, guess what? You need to make more money. I think some of us are just wishing, you know, they're like those ads, one of those uh, lottery companies come into uh, our home, knock on the door, and you just want $7,000 a day for life. And you're like, I knew it, God. Now I can be generous. That's not how it works. It doesn't work like that. You know, some of you guys are like, you know, well, if I just win the lottery, Jesus, then I'll have enough money to be generous. It's not true. You have to earn more money for God to see your stewardship. But you're not going to steward a million dollars right now if you can't steward 10 bucks. I mean, if you do, you can watch those documentaries that talk about all the millionaires that are no longer millionaires because they blew through their money because <laughs> they didn't know how to handle it. It's an actual fact. It's not even a Christian science. Second is this, spending. Have a budget, right? This is common sense, but we're so scared to have a budget because we know we don't make budget. That's America in a nutshell. 
Don't worry about the budget. Worry about the hustle. Well, let me tell you something. You can be hustling all the way into debt. And then the hustle is going to come to a quick end. Have a budget. Control your spending. What are your bills? You know, some of us, we hate paying bills. But the truth is, the bills help us live in a house. That is a luxury that we get electricity and water and we get a roof over our head. You get to pay for that because if you don't pay for that, you don't have those things, right? Number three, savings. Make it a point to have a savings, you know, maybe a month or a couple weeks just in case you lose your job. You know, these are practical things that some of us Christians, we still don't have. We're still like kind of roaming around. Number four, investing. You know that if you take your car payment right now, $400 a month, and you invest it all the way to when you retire, you'd be a multimillionaire. But we're so busy living in the now. Pastor, it was Black Friday savings. Did you see that Nissan or that, that Toyota? I mean, I'm not even going for the Beamer. I'm just, just getting the low-class stuff. But it's so nice, the backup camera. Have you seen it? Take that money and invest it and see what can happen. You know, and you, you won't be poor for long if you keep investing money. Number five, giving, you know. Some of the most wealthiest people in the world are the most giving people. Some of the, 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 the issue, I think, with Christians is we so, we've been given so much spiritually, we don't know how to give tangibly. We think that this invisible thing that God has done for us, it, it only means money, but it means everything. My whole life is yours, Jesus, because you gave me everything. My whole life is yours. And money is just a little sliver of that. See, but the truth is, even as great as these five um, strategic practices are good, God wants us to go beyond the numbers. In fact, this world would call God's uh, uh, economics upside down. It's really right side up, but they would call it upside down. Stewarding your treasure God's way goes beyond living the life of the minimum, just making it. Every day, it's just, oh, how's it going? How's it making it out? It goes beyond that to a life of abundance because he gives life and life more. Don't you want to live like that? Don't you want to feel like that when you wake up? <laughs> God's principles are timeless principles. It will be there long after we're gone and it has been here long before we came. Long before technology was here, these principles were here. This is God's way. Haggai 1, 5 to 7 says this. Now, this is what the Lord Almighty says. Give careful thoughts to your ways. You have planted much, but harvested little. You eat, but never have enough. You drink, but never have your fill. Wow. You put on clothes, but you're not warm. You earn wages only to put them in a purse with holes in it. This is what the Lord Almighty says. Give careful thought to your ways. Notice he didn't say, hey, get a bigger purse. Get a, get a purse with no holes in it. Get better looking clothes, you know. Uh, I mean, he didn't say those things. He said, give careful thought to your ways. I wonder if it's really about our way of living 
more than anything else. That we don't take time to pause in the craziness of life and figure out, God, what do you have for me? How do you want to move through my life? What does my attitude need to be like? What, what are you calling me to do? 1 Corinthians 1 verse 20 says, where is the wise man? Where is the scholar? Where is the philosopher of this age? And I would even say this age of 2018, has not God made foolish the wisdom of the world? So what are the ways? What are some of the principles that it sounds foolish to the world, but they sound really like the gospel. The first is this, calling is greater than compensation. Calling is greater than compensation. You know, so many times in life, we make decisions based on compensation versus the call that God has on our life. Let me tell you something, you will never make enough money. I know you don't believe me. You're probably not there if you don't believe me, right? But you will never have enough money. For those that have, make, that have made money or making money here, $10,000 years ago, that was a lot of money. 15, 22, 29, 38, 42, 54, 64, 85, six figures, a million dollars, two million dollars. It is not enough money. It will never satisfy your inner craving. What God created inside of you was a craving for life purpose, not compensation. When compensation gets a hold of your calling, then you end up not being in your calling. So many people base their lives on compensation. Whoever's got the biggest salary, I'm going. Well, no wonder you're so upset when you come home. And you're like, I don't have time for my kids. I don't have time for this. So miserable. Bob at work, you know, just always nagging me all the time. You know, if you're in your calling, it doesn't matter if you're really not being paid. You don't care about Bob. You don't care how long you're working. You don't care about what it costs you. You just care about what God is telling you to do. Money is not everything. It's important. It's a tool. But don't base calling less than compensation. Acts 20, 24 says this, However, I consider my life worth nothing to me if only I may finish the race and complete the task the Lord Jesus has given me. Do you know that you and I have a task? And our prayer every day should be, am I completing that task? Is that simple? You want to know what your calling is? It is to fulfill God's task for your life. What's the will of God for your life? It is to fulfill God's call for your life. God's task for your life. Not someone else's life, for your life. And what is that task? The task of testifying to the gospel of God's grace. You know, everywhere you go, you are a testimony or not. Hopefully, not, hopefully you are a testimony of God's grace. Not just in church, but everywhere we go, we are a testimony of God's grace in our life. How are we representing God? How are we representing him in our home with our kids? with our family. How was Thanksgiving? You know, (laughs) 
Were we representing Jesus well in Thanksgiving? These things matter. Always have the calling greater than your compensation. Your calling will take you places that your compensation can barely take you. Understand? Number two, choose to live content. Oh boy, this one's hard. Isn't it hard? I mean, uh, as soon as we bought our house in Shaker Heights, you know, as soon as the person accepted the offer, I was like, oh, I should have gone lower. You know, you're always on realtor.com or whatever else looking at your appraisals or, you know, in Shaker, you have homes that are barely standing and you got multi-million dollar homes and you got everybody in between, you know, and so you always forget what God just gave you and you're always looking at the other side of the fence and being like, you know, that snowblower, I really need to get that. Due to a technical issue, a couple of minutes of the sermon recording were lost. We apologize for this inconvenience. Thank you for listening. Because we don't operate like the usual people do. We don't operate like people of the world. We operate with what God is saying all the time, and it comes from a place of being content. Choose to live content. Another concept for us to grasp is to find your security in God alone. See, I don't, I don't mind savings. I have some savings. I don't mind savings at all. But there is a problem when our savings become our first security blanket. I can tell you right now, if you have a savings, it can affect your faith. It can affect your faith to the point of where you say, oh, just in case this whole God thing doesn't work out, I got this thing called the money God. I'm not saying savings is bad. Savings is good. But if your savings has given you more security than Jesus himself, there's an issue. Proverbs 18:11 says this, The wealth of the rich is their fortified city. They imagine it a wall too high to scale. You know, some research actually says that if you have an annual household income of $42,000, you're in the 1% wealthiest people, richest people, richest people, pardon me, in the world. That's a political statement in America. But we forget if you have an annual household income of $42,000, you are considered rich. That's how little money the world makes. Yeah, we have this thing. Well, the wealth of the rich is their fortified city. That ain't me. I only make 45. I only make $500,000. I ain't rich because I know some richer people. They all live in Pepper Pike and out there. <laughs> oh, there's a few. There's quite a few here too. Trust me. There is. They're in hiding. <laughs> They're in hiding. The truth is this. The wealth of the rich is their fortified city, but they imagine it a wall too high to scale. And what Proverbs is telling and Solomon is saying is, it ain't that high. It can come down just like that. Do not allow wealth or rich, riches to be a security. See, my hope, and I, my prayer is your hope, is in God alone. It is not in a system. It is not in a business. It is in Jesus alone. I will not trust in riches but in him who richly provides. I want you to write that down. 
That has to be one of the statements that you live by, that I will not trust in riches, but in him who richly provides. You know, sometimes I don't need money to fix my problems. I need favor. I need blessings on my family. I need my kids to be raised right. I need my kids to be safe and safety of my family, extended family. I need health. Can you buy health? Right? I need other blessings. So I will not trust in riches or my insurance plan or my doctors, even though they're as all good stuff. I really believe in that. And some of us, you know, we don't go to the doctor enough. Some of us don't have a proper diet. We need to have a diet, all those kind of things. I believe in those things, but I trust in him who richly provides. Amen? Amen. Proverbs 30, 8 to 9 says this, give me neither poverty nor riches. Interesting statement, isn't it? But give me only my daily bread. Why? Otherwise, I may have too much and disown you and say, who is the Lord? Oh, God, don't make me too poor and don't make me too rich. Because there's a danger of saying in either, either state, who is the Lord? If you don't have money, you're like, God ain't providing for me. If you're, you have a lot of it, you're like, I don't really need God. Lord, don't let it be said of us that wherever we're at, let, us be, let it be said that we know who you are. Notice he says, or I may become poor and steal and so dishonor the name of my God. It's interesting to me in my own life that this has been a journey. This has been an uphill climb. And an uphill climb because I've heard the same messages you're hearing. I've heard the same statements you're hearing. But once you hear it, if you don't put it into practice, it can never come alive in your life. It's just a statement, just like all the other voices in our life today. All the other things that you hear today on social media, on news, and all this, it's just another thing. God wants to do abundantly more than we can what? Ask or imagine. I want to be there. Even before I ask, God sees me to be a faithful steward that is bigger than what I'm even about to ask or imagine. And he can do that through you. Number four, the 80-10-10 principle. You guys have heard of this. God stewards 80, all, all 100% of our income. Amen? But I believe the Bible says to have this principle of tithing in your life. This principle of tithing in your life. How hard is it to have this principle of tithing in your life? Let's be honest. It's hard, isn't it? I mean, it's quiet. Come on, guys. It's pretty hard. I'll say it myself. It's pretty hard. I remember the shift in the way that I thought of tithing. It's in Matthew 6, 19 to 20. Matthew 6, 19 to 20. Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourself treasures in heaven where moth and rust do not destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. Jesus changes everything by exposing motivation and intent. That's how he does it. I want our... I want our um, 
ushers or someone to grab me a bottle of water real quick. And I need, I need three volunteers real quick to come on up who's not allergic to water. <laughs> three volunteers, come on up. Come on up. Three volunteers. One, two. We got three. All right. You can have a seat. We'll, we'll, I'll get you in a second. I want you guys to come and stand right. You know what? Why don't you come up on the stage? Come up on stage. Okay? You know, when it comes to tithing, we always have this issue when, because we, we hold on to my, I want you guys to stay in a straight line and just face the church. Good looking group up there. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you so much. I love volunteers that are not afraid of what's about to happen. And it was with water. Uh, but in so many, so many times we look at as our income as this water bottle. It's full. And God, I don't have enough uh, because actually this is a smaller size bottle. Notice that? It's, I don't know what size this is. It's a new size, but it's definitely not mini, but it's the upgrade, you know? So this is maybe the, the $50,000 income. And we say, well, God, I don't have 10% to save, let alone give 10% to the church. How am I supposed to have 80, 10, 10? So for years, I struggled with this concept because I didn't realize what God wanted to do. And what God wants to do is he wanted to bless my income and bless me if I put him first. That's the key. First. Now, um, Sonia, for this illustration, you're going to be God. Okay? All right. Is that okay? No? Just hang on a second. The facial expression, so. <laughs> I have bills in my life. I have things I have to, to do with the resources that come into my bank account. I have things I need to pay, right? That's the truth. You all do too. Hopefully you do. Otherwise, I don't know where you're living, right? So there are things that I need. Some electricity, some, some water, sewage. I didn't even know this, but Ohio has an extra sewage charge. I was wondering why my water bill was so cheap compared to Texas, you know? And I, got, I need uh, streaming services. How many of you guys have DirecTV or something, streaming cable, right? Good to be in touch with the world and watch some sports and enjoy, right? I also need clothing for my daughters. They're so cute. I mean, these little dresses, pink and purple. It's pretty amazing, but we, they need clothing. I mean, kids nowadays, they're going to school. They don't look good. They get bullied and, you know, want to make sure that they dress okay. You know that 2019 Nissan Altima, the one that drives by itself? Man, I'm so stressed driving from campus to campus. Sure would be good to lease one of those things out. Oh, by the way, uh, my spouse, Audrey, needs some, some money, too, because she's got her things to do, and uh, she's got things that she wants to go ahead and uh, use the money for, a lot of things, but why don't you take a sip of it? Don't put your mouth on the, uh, the lip, if you wouldn't mind. Yeah, you, you need some. You're kind of representing Audrey right now. Take some, yeah, just kind of chug it. You're not going to do it? I will drink on your behalf. All right. 
All right, hey, I got an aunt that needs money back home in uh, Canada and, uh, and in India too. They really need some struggles have happened. So I need to go ahead and drink some. She's the aunt? She's the aunt. Yeah. You can do it. I thought about a straw, but, you know. Hold on. No, no, no. God's not ready yet. God is not ready yet. You know, Patrick actually works at the hospital. Patrick, would you come in? I just had a baby. I've got bills to pay. Can you go ahead and stand in front of God? Because, you know, God gave me the money. You know, it was a lot of money to get a baby. All my medical professionals, I had a high deductible plan, folks. So really, God, I don't know if I have too much money this past month because I had the baby and the bill came from Cleveland Clinic, and you guys don't want to know what that bill was. So go ahead and chug that down because that was a lot of money. You don't watch the lips. Oh, 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 oh. Hold on. Let me help you. Because that was a lot of money, Patrick. I was so excited. Okay. <laughs> Go ahead and stand in between God and... <laughs> Do you understand what I'm doing right now? Yes. Do you understand what the problem is? When God sees what he's given us and how we spend money, he does not see us honoring him. When it gets to God, how much can he bless Do you want God to bless just this much or the whole thing? This is why the Bible teaches us. Thank you so much, by the way, guys. Give them a hand. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Let me give you a hug, man. Oh, yeah. Thank you for taking the spill for me. Yeah. This is why God talks about first fruits. This is why tithing was a first principle. It was never a principle that comes on the end of our expenses. See, when I figured this out, what I realized is God blesses me more with little. No matter what I have, than I can do after I pay all the bills. That's the bottom. If I told you that I've owned three homes, six cars, and I'm not even in my mid-30s yet. Would you believe me? Not in the salaries I've received as a pastor. How did that happen? It's big, well, favor ain't fair, that's true. But at the same time, it's because everything I own is God's. I told God a long time ago that I'm a conduit. I'm a conduit for kingdom purposes, not just for the church, but for kingdom purposes. This is how we should live. When you live like that, you will notice that what God can do with your 100% is a lot more than what you can do with your little that you do give to God. God doesn't need our money, amen? amen. So we give generously, not to be seen, not to be heard, but we give generously because God deserves our generosity. Real quick, I want to go, I'm running out of time here. I want to give you seven principles of how to give. Number one, give generously. God loves a cheerful giver. But the Macedonians in 2 Corinthians 8 to 9 
you know what? They were known for their generosity and they begged earnestly for the favor of doing so. Can you believe that? Well, pastor, they ain't from America. They're from Macedonia. (laughs) They begged to be generous because generosity is contagious. Number two, give cheerfully. There's a reward for giving, but it is dependent upon a heart free from a lust for the temporal rewards of this earth. If you want stuff here, go ahead and buy it. And it will rust and it will fade away. But things in eternity last forever. When I give, I am not giving to New Song Church. I am not giving to the Assemblies of God. I am not giving to Life Fellowship Church. I'm not giving to First Assembly of God in Griffin, Georgia. I wasn't giving to the Anglican Church before that or any other Pentecostal church I went to. I gave to the kingdom of God. And I'm earning an interest on that principle. Number three, give sacrificially. You know, uh, we want to give, but not sacrificially. (laughs) We want to be in a place where it's easy to give. God doesn't call us to live a life that's giving easily, even though that's fine. But he wants us to give sacrificially. In 1 John 3, 16 and 17, the apostle exhorts the church to care for brothers in need as an overflow and implication of gospel love. The type of love and, and that one lays down one's life for each other. Does it sting when you give? It should. You know, I, I love it too because someone asked me recently, do I give just to give? And I do, especially random people you don't even know. Now, y'all don't hit me up real quick after service, okay? <laughs> I have said no before too, but I don't know what it is. I have the anointing of going through drive throughs and people always asking me for money. And uh, I've had some weird scenarios, right? Times where things have gone well, times where things have not, but I've actually gone ahead and blessed people in the drive through by buying them food. Okay, sometimes it's right after the drive-thru and I got to give the bag that I just bought (laughs) to them and get back in the line and buy myself food again. See, first world problems. We complain about giving food from my drive-thru window that cost us eight, nine dollars. This is not generosity when it stings, right? That's, as followers of Jesus, we have to get over this thing about money. God will give you money if you will become a conduit for his kingdom. Okay, we've got to get over the little thing. It's not all about money. It's not. And I'm, this is the first time teaching about money, so everyone relax. If you're a visitor here, I'm sorry. Come back again, you know. We'll have the Jesus love message next week for Christmas. But God wants to use you guys. And don't, let, don't be held back by not giving sacrificially. Number four, give sp- spontaneously. You know, sometimes you don't have to calculate, and I love calculating. Have an account that you can just put money into that you can just give. It's fun to do that, you know? Matthew 5, 42. Take a risk on the gift never coming back. I had someone call me last night, uh, and you can use technology, and this is a very trustworthy person, and they were in need, and they needed some money, Right? And I send them money through a little thing. Now, I don't do this for anybody, 
but this person's a pretty amazing person, and when they asked, they definitely needed the money. And I was glad to help, but when it left, it ain't alone. Some of us are like, you better, you, you better, you, you better pay back. You, you, you better pay it back. That is not called giving sp- spontaneously, <laughs> right? We've got to just let it go if you're giving. Number five, give regularly. Some of us need to work on this. You know, though we should give as need arises, we should also be consistent and disciplined in giving. Giving is linked with prayer and fasting in Matthew 6, 1 to 18. Did you know that? It is a discipline. Oh, pastor, I like to pray and fast and break spiritual strongholds. Well, giving's in there too. Did you know that? Like, or 21 days of prayer and fasting, where it's coming up in January. What if I announced at the end of 21 days of prayer and fasting, 21 days of giving? <laughs> Nobody would show up to church on Sundays. <laughs> From noontime, every noontime during the week, we are doing a giving hour. <laughs> Instead of a prayer hour, right? That's what Matthew 6, 1 to 18 teaches us. 1 Corinthians 16, 2 says, the Apostle Paul explicitly commands a disciplined and orderly form of giving in addition to whatever spontaneous offerings and gifts we might be compelled to give. The tithe is just the floor. You know, the early church, everyone says tithing is an Old Testament principle. I say, I agree. It is. It's a principle that God blesses. But let's go to New Testament. That's chapter 4, verse 32. And they all sold their possessions and gave it to the church. Now, everyone, before you give me your mortgages (laughs) and your car payments, right? That's what the New Testament principle is. I I can almost hear Jesus himself saying, you've heard it say to give 10%, but I say to you, dot, dot, dot. That's the New Testament principle of generosity. Number six, give secretly. No one needs to know. You know, I I love the fact that when someone bought these chairs that we're sitting on, they wanted to be anonymous. In fact, people that do large donations, they know this one thing. It's between them and God. It ain't about them and people. They're not trying to get recognition from anybody. I've noticed when God blesses people, there is a joy in giving secretly. It's not, you're not giving me money. <laughs> you're not giving the board money. We need, play, we need money to operate this place, but God's got this church taken care of, guys. It's been around for 25 years. Apparently, it ain't going anywhere right now because <laughs> God wants to use this place for his glory. Number seven, give thankfully. You know, we ought to be thankful for an opportunity to give as those who have received grace We should be gratefully giving and extending grace and gifts to others. The last point I have to share with you, and Rachel's coming up, and I just want to encourage you with this last principle, and that is this. It's more blessed to give than to receive. You want to know why it's more blessed to give than to receive? It's not in the gift. It's the fact that you are blessed to give. This is why you are more 
blessed to give than to receive. It's not in the action of giving the gift, whatever it is, helping people, giving to the church, or whatever the causes may be in culture, nonprofits, whatever you want to do. It's the actual fact that you can give. God, I want that in my life. I want that in my life. I want the ability to bless as the Lord sees fit. And I'll be blessed. Acts 20, 35. The Lord Jesus himself said, it is more blessed to give than to receive. 1 Timothy 6, 18 to 19. Command them to do good, to be rich in good, what? Deeds. And to be generous and willing to share. In this way, way, they will lay up treasures for themselves as a firm foundation for the coming age so that they may take hold of the life that is truly life. If eternity was from that wall all the way to this wall, our lives are about this big. And when I say our lives, all of humankind. That's it. If I had a rope going from that wall to this wall, this is, this is every person alive in the history of mankind. We have to change our perspective about money and resources and generosity. This life has bills to pay, things to do. I want everybody to be blessed and have big homes and nice cars. I want you to thrive and flourish, but you cannot thrive completely in this area without allowing God to be first in your decision-making on how you spend the resources that God has given you. That's the bottom line. The value of life isn't in how much you accumulate. Oh my goodness, do we have a lot of stuff or what? but it is in how much you give away in your time, your talents, your treasure. God wants you to be used, not at your expense. He's going to take care of you. Not at your expense. Don't be you know, stupid about it. But God will do the miraculous. Can we pray? God, we thank you so much for your goodness. Thank you, Lord, for this message. Lord, on this weekend, on Thanksgiving weekend, we're so grateful for all that you've given us, Lord. So, Lord, I pray right now that you'd help us to be generous. We welcome you right now into our midst. We welcome you into our hearts. Lord, help us to be generous to the world around us. Help us to be generous in our own lives, Lord. Lord, help us to be generous with people in need. Let's not just forget about them and always have a, always have a payback mechanism, Lord. Help us to be generous people, full of love. Lord, help us be generous in our church. Lord, help us to take care of the church that we're planted in. Help us to be generous in the place that you called us to. Lord, I pray right now for the resources of heaven to open up on each person's life. As they align their hearts, they align their life to your generosity principles, Lord, would you go ahead and do the supernatural in and through their life. God, money is a big deal in this culture. 
but we make it a tool for you, for you to use, God, across the world, locally, nationally. Use this resource for the expansion of your kingdom. Lord, I pray for business ideas right now in this group. I pray that you would give people funding and business savvy and business uh, business plan. Lord, I pray for strength for people that haven't put a resume together, that have just been kind of waiting for something to pop. I pray for strength and clarity in their mind. And, and Lord, I pray for faith in their heart and courage, Lord, to step up and to start earning money in the name of Jesus. Lord, we're asking you to bless our hands, bless our minds, bless our our talk, God. Help us to be a generous people. Come on, if this message is for you right now, I just want you to stand up right where you're at. Anything in this message, maybe. I just want you to stand up where you're at. And I just want you to open up your heart and respond to God in this moment. Respond to the Spirit of God in this moment. And He's begun to He's already doing something supernatural in your life. He's already doing something new and fresh in your life. And it has nothing to do with the church only. Here's the thing. This is not about a church only. This is about you and what God wants to do in and through your life as you steward your treasure. God, you see these amazing people. You see people standing up all over this room. God, would you begin to multiply their efforts? Multiply their resources. Multiply the favor on their life. Lord, I pray this week, Lord, I pray for promotions. Lord, I pray for favor and conversations right now in the name of Jesus. I pray for increase in the finances of your people so they can bless your world, so they can begin to put you first, whether it's locally or globally or through their church, God. I pray for an increase right now for those that aren't able to make their bills right now. Lord, I pray for favor and ideas and a passion like never before to bridge the margin. Would you begin to meet their needs? Lord, I pray for those who need to help others right now. Would you give us a heart to help others?